Alrighty, Alberton rap slash. No, it's just the Alberton rap for this one. <laughs> and the, my guest on this one is just already mad. Just so mad right now. Sorry, I thought I was doing sports gasmic. I might be in the wrong place. <laughs> uh, sorry. You uh, are. Yeah, I mean, it's going to get released on that one too. It's Alberton rap cross sports gasmic because it'll be released on both feeds. So. Oh. <laughs> uh, it is I'd a, rather not be a fit. Affiliated anymore. All right. Well, um, I, it's a sports. It's a sports gasmic podcast, and it's going to be released on the Alberton Rap feed too. Um, <laughs> uh, we're doing some footy finals preview and a little bit of just review of the season that's been with um, my brother Froffies here, who's um, anyone that's listened to the Sports Gasmic podcast will have heard him a few times in there, including our, our wild quarantine editions, which is the last ones that we've actually recorded because then sports stopped for months on end and we just got out of the rhythm, but. Um, trying to get back to it slowly. Um, done a few myself for the Alberton rap, and then we're going to start trying to do some more sports gasmic ones. But yeah, you recognise his voice, um, that cadence of of the froffies, who um, unfo- unfortunately is not um, on the same same uh, fan base as I am as far as footy fi- footy goes. But we we still make it work. So I would say it's good to be here, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> if this is what we're doing, um, I have the better taste. I have the better looks. I have the better humour. You have the. I'm waiting. Beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you something. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. My beard, beard gets me some points. Um, well, let's start with the year that's been, just so we can rip the band aid off, and then you can just smash some beers after, because I'm sure that's what you want to do. Um, once we just rip the band aid off the fact that um. Yeah, well, I I don't remember really talking uh, footy. Footy at the start of the year seems so long ago. I remember actually going up to watch the first game of the year with you up at your place. Um, um, the season opener. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a while ago. I was like, what game? <laughs> yeah, I know because there was like an entire break, and it just feels like the season. Then another season started, and then we forget that we had that week one of the AFL that um, was just at that weird time, right? Right as COVID was hitting. Um, I remember a lot of American audiences watching, including Vince, because um, all their sports had already stopped, but AFL was like the one shining light still going because I think by then Premier League might have stopped as well. Um, so AFL had this weird weekend where they were they were going and then they finally had to stop as well as COVID got more serious in Australia, unfortunately. But um, I can't even remember what... What were you feeling like? Do you Do you remember what your expectations... I know the Crows were realistically knowing that they weren't going to be... Um, probably they, you know, hopefully maybe better than they were. And to the, to their credit, they did get show some signs of who, the team that they can be at the end of the year. But um, were your expectations anywhere close to where it ended up for the first, you know, thirteen weeks of the uh, season? I don't think anyone expects <laughs> to be that bad <laughs> unless you're a Carlton supporter. <laughs> um, Fair. No, I th- I th- I was like bullish. I thought. Um, in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, yeah, we'll probably be bottom four. In, But I was like, oh, no, nah, we'll sneak a few wins. We'll get six or seven. We we'll, mm-hmm. like, won't finish in that bottom four. Um, but that quickly disappeared when we were getting pumped and couldn't even kick a goal for m- most quarters. Mm. Um, so, yeah, at the start of the year, I was a bit bullish, like, oh, we won't be as bad as everyone's saying. We'll be fine. We've still got some good old heads there. But yeah, I was wrong. Um, <laughs> but we, I just look at it as uh, the first thirteen weeks were preseason, 
<laughs> and um, really, we're three and one, and um, we're looking pretty good for 2021. You know, three and one in September. It's a lot better than other teams have been in September. Still, probably have more wins than Essendon in September. Did they win their last round? I know. Essendon haven't won a final since 2003. Yeah, I can't even remember what they did in the last round. Won a game in um, in September for a long time. So, yeah, we're we're not as bad as <laughs> Essendon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, you got to look on the bright side of life with these things. Um, yeah, look, their their finish this season was um, uh, genuinely quite Im- um, impressive with how they'd gone. Um, you know, that first win against Hawthorne, I think a lot of people, I remember um, listening to the SEN show with um, Kane Corns and Andrew Hayes, and they said that they were pumping it all week saying, you know, this is the Crows grand final because if they're going to get a win, it's going to, Hawthorne's the perfect opportunity to get it. They, and they, get, they genuinely had their reasons, and I'm sure you saw them as well, that Hawthorne were missing a few players. And even with the players they've got, they weren't having the best year. Hawthorne are really, um, you know, the week before they'd had, they'd had that massive comeback from Essendon against them at Adelaide Oval and it's just they're a weird year for Hawthorne and they're in a similar position of uh, um, I know Clarko and a lot of coaches don't like using the term rebuilding but when you're a fan you go well that's what you're doing if you're not if you're not competing and you're trying to get better you're rebuilding aren't you <laughs> um, but yeah your, your win against Hawthorne was impressive because it wasn't it wasn't like you scraped over the line you were genuinely better than them and then you're genuinely better than GWS and um, remind me who the last one came oh, against Carlton, yeah, yeah, you, gen- um, yeah, yeah, you pumped them in the first half and basically won the game in the first half. So, um, Carlton did come back, and it was like uh, th- those are just the signs, things that you have to work on is the four quarter consistency. But the, yeah, the signs were there in those three weeks, and even you know Richmond were just better on the day, but it wasn't like you got um, pumped like those. You know, some of those games against the doggies and the North Melbourne and the likes were really. Um, I'm not trying to be um, root, like um, I'm not trying to stick the knife in. It's just they were genuinely embarrassing. I'd say the same thing about you know Port had those 130 point losses back in their bad days, and they were just bad, embarrassing. There's nothing else to say about them. But yeah, you were competitive towards the end of the season, which is the right thing is what you want to be. Whereas you have a team like North Melbourne that started the season well and finished it as a basket case, which is not what you want. So yeah, it's it's um I think that's what you Crows fans are looking at at this point is that at least you finished off the season better than you started, which is what you want. If you're not if you're not going to be in finals, at least have signs for the next year. Well, yeah, absolutely. We started terribly and it it hurt, but um, I mean we did show signs in quarters against teams mm. earlier in the year, like we we're competitive for a little bit against. Oh, maybe Frio, maybe not. <laughs> um. It's been there a long. It's been a long year. <laughs> yeah, well, compare. I can't remember. I, I got pretty drunk a few games. Um, fair enough. Oh, against Essendon, we should have won that game. Yeah. To yeah. be fair, we should have won the first game against Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we we're competitive against Geelong, which, I mean, it's pretty, pretty decent effort. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of games you just, they were switched off, and I think it really, even though Riley O'Brien killed it in the midfield, where the Crows really went badly this year was their midfield. Um, like for a lot of the season, the Crouch brothers looked uh, disinterested. Um, <laughs> even Rory Sloan wasn't pushing across too too hard and then he got injured and we had young blokes in there and who just couldn't get it right. Um, because I reckon the back line held up okay, but when mm-hmm. the ball's coming in that many times and that well from other teams, um, it hurts. So that's where we really went wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It was really the midfield that 
really let us down, I feel. Um, but towards the end of the season, when we turned it better, they were running harder. They were because during at the start of the season, we were very flat-footed in the midfield and just let people run mm. through us. Even though Riley O'Brien was getting first hands to it, we were just letting everyone run through us, not laying on pressure and them getting easy clearances. But then after the bye, we really turned it on and uh, Rory Laird went into the midfield and was getting clearances and just working hard. Like, you'd watch the Crows and against uh, just against other teams, their midfielders would be sprinting across, spreading really well, and you would just see our players jogging across. Mm. Um, but towards the end of the season, that changed and there was a real effort and intent there. And I think that really um, sparked the engine for everyone else um, to really get into it. I mean, our forward line's still not working. We're too tall. Um, I mean, Texas towards the end of his days, but if this is going on a um, port forum, um, Tex is greater than Charlie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not this year, but will forever be. Um, but he's still like showing some good things and he's a good leader for the younger blokes down there. Elliot Himmelberg, he really showed good signs. And then um, McAdam and Stengel together look like really dangerous combo, especially when they're coming off Himmelberg's feet. So there's good signs, lots of good young players coming through. Scholl, Schoenberg, Schoenberg, however you say it. Um, McKayze, when he gets a bit of build. Hamill. Like, there's good talent coming through. It'll take a few years, but we'll get there. We've got mm. the number one pick. See what that gets us. Lawrence Angwin, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> he likes cocaine, so do a few of the Crows boys. <laughs> uh, I wasn't, I wasn't going to bring it up this soon, but I guess it has been the story that has dominated the uh, headlines this week and the good old bubble that is Adelaide when it comes to footy. Uh, yeah, how shocked were you when you saw woke up to see that one? Or I don't even know when that broke, but um, I mean... Young footy players enjoying some nose candy isn't isn't unheard of, but I guess in this day and age we don't you don't expect especially. I think the thing that shocked me is the Brad Crouch situation is such a massive story in AFL just as far as his free agency goes. It's the one of the biggest biggest um, players that's on the market at the moment. There is those question marks about his his body's ability to handle um, um, you know the long term contract and the money and all that stuff is to be worked out, and his value's probably gone down a bit this year. Um, without any of the stuff that's happened this week. But it's still the big story because any team that can land him for a, a team-friendly deal or a, a deal that they think is worth it, you know, Geelong's spoken about because every time a player comes up there, somehow are in the circle, even though they've got like a stacked team anyway. Um, you know, Port's been mentioned for some reason. I'm not sure I agree with it, but, um, you know, depending what other player moves happen, who knows. But it is unbelievable to me that a guy in his position who's in the most important part this is the most important few weeks, months of his life to get this next deal because, you know, in any sport, that deal you sign in the middle of your career where you're um, at your most valuable as a as an asset, as a sporting asset, is just it is nuts to me that he put himself in that situation. And, um, you know, I'm not going to go, go on and I'm not like it's not like an anti-drug thing or anything. I just think it's a, you know, it's a just be aware of where you were at. I don't. I don't give a crap if someone wants to do cocaine, but you know, doing it so uh, so openly uh, or getting involved in it in the city and uh, getting caught. Like, it's not. What I'm saying don't. You know, it's just. It's just unbelievable to me. I can't believe that he put himself in that situation at this point of time when he's got the most important couple of weeks of his life coming up. 
his value's dropped in the has got to have dropped by six fig you know in the six figure value drop I think because I don't know what teams because what sanctions are going to come from a team um, you know St- I don't know we'll get to Stengel in a moment but what do you think happens from this point for Brad Crouch with his career um, I certainly think he's getting signed again because a player of his talent still gets signed um, the week of the counselling and all that and the police haven't laid charges so it is what it is but um, as far as a team he, now the teams can come to him and say hey. This is what we've got on the table. Um, it's a lot less than you're probably worth, but because of what you've done, that's what you that's honestly what you're worth. All right. You asked a lot of questions. Eh? I know, I just went uh, around, I just went you, around you just it, it blew my mind that he got himself into that situation at this at this juncture in his career. It it just seemed it, it yeah. No, I'm not surprised by players doing stupid shit, but and yeah. And it's just enjoying life for him. So I I'm not actually judging him on the action. I'm just you know, Sign your big contract, then go get cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I don't know. First thing, am I surprised? No. Um, yeah. Not because um, I know of Brad Crouch is a mad coke fiend. No. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Anyone who has any real, keeps real in touch with footy and knows people and talks to people, they hear things about the footy lifestyle mm. and sports lifestyle. There's things you hear about, yeah, players, maybe drug habits, maybe um, relationship status mm. and so on. That just gets kept real under wraps. That doesn't get into the media. Um, so, no, not real surprise there. Dumb, yes. Surprised, no. Um, in terms of the fact maybe... It's the fact that he got caught on CCTV in the city doing what it, I think it was like receiving, wasn't it? It wasn't... I don't know. It's all allegedly, but oh, no, the, I haven't, the, I haven't well, read police, how The police have come out. The police have actually come out and said how they found him. They said it was CCTV in the city. Oh, right. Yeah. No <laughs> idea. So that's what I'm like. I'm, I'm like, if you're a smart AFL footy player with some money and wants to, you know, just have a fun night, you have people to deal with that and get it to the house or something, I would think. There's also the um, club toilets that most people do it in. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's just that's a, that's a what's unbelievable to me is I would have thought, um, you know, I'm not saying I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, what a dumbass Brad Crouch mustn't have a you know brain cell to him, and you know, because I'm not, I don't know the bloke and I don't want to be that kind of sp- um, you know sports you know it's just, we're just fans on a podcast, but I genuinely never like disparaging a person without like you know just just making a stupid decision, getting drugs on CC, getting caught on CCTV isn't. Uh, isn't it, it's just a it's just a dumb dumb decision and um, I guess beyond that what do you think it does like um, what are your thoughts of where he ends up and what kind of contract he's going to get now um, if he gets contract I think he does but yeah I guess oh he a, does he a, does yeah. um, I don't personally I don't think it affects it that much he'll get a drug strike so will Stengel um, so are we talking like a hundred thousand dollars off the top no nah. you don't you don't reckon okay no nah, yeah. I don't reckon teams. Uh, care that much maybe there's a little drop but it won't be that much that it really affects him mm-hmm. i mean there's that many players that um because if they self-report their drug use mm-hmm. they don't get a strike it's the fact that it's public that people have an eye on it but i don't so think they, they, do they get a strike for this because that wasn't self-reported they got caught right they got caught and that's like yeah. where um ben cousins he got his three strikes because he was caught mm. a few times, but he would have self-reported surely um, 
at points. Yeah. If, he, if he's like got that bigger mm-hmm. issue, which he does clearly through. Still, unfortunately, his, yeah. Yeah. Um, Gen- and genuinely sad. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, if a player self-reports, they don't get a strike. So mm. it um, wouldn't surprise me. Um, yeah, I don't think it affects it that much. Uh, maybe people will try to play it like that, but when push comes to shove in trade period or free agency, um, I don't think it will really do too much. I don't think it really changes what the Crows will get for him or what he wants. Yeah, I think um, I certainly think the compensatory pick you get if he goes is going to be the pick, uh, like a, a really good pick. Um, pick two. Yeah, and pick hopefully. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess I guess I just I just thought, and you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, I guess the other question is, uh, what happens to Stingle, a talented young player that you know has shown signs this year of what he can be? Like I said, I remember watching him within when he was in the Sandful. I think was he he's a Glenelg lad, isn't he? Stingle before he played for the Crows, or was he? Come on, I'm thinking of something different. Um, was he Glenelg, or I'm thinking of something completely different? I could. Be. I don't know. Um, have a quick Google. But yeah, we can do that. For but some I reason, guess I thought it was Port, Port Magpies. Um, but uh, what do you think happens to him? Because um, he's not, unfortunately, he's not in the position as Brad Crouch to have... Woodville West Tones. Right, there we go. Um, yeah, what happens to Stengel? Because he's certainly not in the position of having an established AFL career where people know that he's got the kind of value that Crouch has that, you know, regardless of what's happened, if I hope he gets a second chance is what my, you know, I want to see guys like this get a second chance, even if they're not established in the AFL system as far as their reliability. He's, you know, he's just a young player still breaking into the squad. But, yeah, do you th- there's a lot of, obviously, the um, keyboard warriors that comment on the advertiser um, articles and whatnot on Facebook are, you know, sack him, sack him, sack him. So, yeah. I definitely hope they don't sack him yeah. in terms of um, the potential he brings. Um, well, you need to re like yeah, you, you I, rehabilitation I th- is the best form of um, yeah. He will yeah. need like education and all that. Um, whether that actually, I don't know if they'll change. It. You've got to change the lifestyle of the whole club and the whole um, system mm. if that's the case, because it's not just the Crows where you've had West Coast with the issues, you've had Gold Coast with the issues, mm. you've had. Lots of places with the issues of um, that have popped up with drugs and so on. You've also got to say, all right, those two got caught. Maybe give Stengel a um, suspension for a few games. What good that will do. But you've also got to think, Brad Crouch and Tyson Stengel, 5am, they wouldn't have been the only two out. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you've got to say, well, there's more... There would have been more players out, mm-hmm. surely. I don't, I don't think those two are like best mates. They would be mates, but they're not best mates. So there would be others out. Mm. I don't know. I hope it doesn't affect his career. I think um, a lot of potential, yes. And I mean, a lot of people do the wrong thing, and they still get away with it. I don't think. Yeah, he hasn't done the right thing, but it's not like he. I think the drink driving was worse. Yes, personally. Yeah. Um, Same here. Yeah, at least he was getting a taxi home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Do, do drugs responsibly. Um, so, I guess um, 
there hasn't been like a, especially with the news you know how good the crow season did end as far as the positivity it was a it was a unfortunate um you know news to surface this week but it is it is important and you know i say this as a port fan to just keep it in perspective you know a lot of people were like oh you know when the news came out that the their charges weren't being laid they were given the option of counseling and stuff like that people were like oh privileged jfl players it's like people no, no i don't mean normal people that jfl players aren't normal people but i mean you know there's a lot of a lot of stuff like this that happens that we don't know about that um you know people do people that aren't famous get these options too so there was a lot of a lot of the media this week was a bit just outrageous about it um yeah, it's a it's a news story and it's um an unfortunate one and it, it deserves to be in the news because we do um that's what AFL is um you know it's a news cycle good and bad when the teams are good and we hear good things about what they're doing um and then you, you're gonna hear about this but yeah some of it was as per usual overblown being Adelaide is the bubble it is and um it is what it is and I love living in a, a place that's so AFL mad uh but yeah yeah keep it in perspective people because um these guys you know they got caught caught doing you know got caught doing it and um and probably just a little bit stupid in the situation they found themselves in but um well yeah lots of people do it i mean what we were at spin-off and there was people doing bumps of it in front of us yeah <laughs> to childish gambino at the back of the tent and we we're just like yeah having a chill time we we're like all right, it is what it is. Yeah, and I'm sure they had a great night and um, we're safe and that was fine. Um, it's just, yeah, you get you just got to make sure you do. <laughs> I mean, it's just an honest thing just to be smart about it. And um, uh, yeah, um, unfortunately, it's just that is the, that is the optics of it is the fact that it's just you, just you shouldn't like a player in Brad Crouch's position shouldn't be caught in that position. He should be smarter than that. Um, again, I'm not saying he should be, you know, but. You know, the lads in their se- off season, and um, I, I really don't have a problem with what they did. I just, I just think it's amazing that he found himself in that situation. Really, so um, yeah, dumb. But is he going to end up a crow at the end of all this? Is that what? What? Are you, where are your thoughts on that? Um, sort of hope not. <laughs> <laughs> to um, is it? Just, I know. Is it just the extended protraction of the? Uh, I'm throwing just the wrong words in the wrong places, but. The protracted nature of um, the fact it was a story a little bit last year when he was because he's a he was restricted free agent last year as well, wasn't he? Or no, no, sorry, he's restricted free agent. But then the people were talking. Sorry, there was a trade. There's the pre-agent stuff yeah. where they're one year out. That yeah, and they were trading. they were talking about trades and stuff. Yeah, so there was that stuff was happening. There was a little and bit. He was of, shipping himself around apparently. Yeah, um, and then you have this year again. It's come. So has that soured the taste a little bit? Um, no. Well, last year I was probably more filthy, but then um, I think just this year he wasn't a good footballer and if he's going to play, so I think he's a better footballer in a better team Mm. Um, and Crows weren't good this year and he was just doing shit. Um, So I reckon if that's the case, then he can go. And similar with Matt, Matt wasn't having a great time Mm-hmm. This year, either just w- their disposal efficiency is shocking. So, if they're not going to make us a better team, then yeah, they can go. Mm. Um, Matt as well, but I would preferably keep one of them. But yeah, if Brad wants to go, Brad can go. Yeah, yep. that's how I look at it. Um, it doesn't fuss me too much. If we can get a first round pick for him, then we'll take that as well. Yeah. Fuck, that's a good goal. <laughs> Matt has randomly thrown the 2012 grand final on the background. Just he was flicking through Kyle. I thought that was a good game to have in the background. So, 
Um, nothing to do with either of our teams, but um, yeah, geez, monster kick from Kennedy for that one. Um, <laughs> that's just a random aside. Yeah, good goal. Yeah, I mean, this one was a game that I was over in the states for, so I think I actually only saw highlights of this one because I was it was you know on the time of night, and I was like, oh, fuck, Hawthorne Sydney, and I, I don't think I could really find it on the channel I had. And finding a pub in Eugene, Oregon that would be showing the AFL Grand Final is always an interesting um, mission. But, uh, yeah, you got any other, I guess, um, any other thoughts about the Crows this year? Or pretty just happy to leave, leave that one lie now. Um, Riley <laughs> O'Brien is a Jet. He will be the best ruckman in the, uh, the league. Um, yeah, Lockie Shoal was robbed of the oh. round 17 Rising star. Didn't um, he get it the week later anyway? Yeah, but he deserved it in round 17. Nah, that game was a lot better. The um, rising star is such a weird... Uh, yeah, like the way the nomination process is weird to me. Uh, I like having... Because I, like, I like having the... You just need to have it like a rookie of the year style thing where it's just a voted thing rather than like there's nomination shenanigans everywhere. Yeah, week. it should be, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, Tex is greater than Charlie. Yeah. Not on 20... No, not in twenty twenty. That's the year we're in, um, but just on career in general. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna leave that one go. I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, that's about it. Alrighty. <laughs> um, I guess the rest of the team, like before we get into the finals game matchups. Um, I mean. North Melbourne were the true basket case of this season, which is amazing. I thought, you know, when I mean the they they their last win, I think, was probably the one they had against you 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 blokes. And yeah. unfortunately it was just uh just you you guys quite hadn't quite hadn't hit that stride that you started to find yourselves in and North Melbourne just took advantage of that. But man, they've like it's amazing that after the start you guys had to the season and um the way North Melbourne actually started, I think when were they two and one at one point? Two and O and two, then and, two o. and one. Jesus fucking Christ. And they end up three and fourteen. So when you look at the you know, you look at the numbers, you know, Adelaide finished bottom and get the wooden spoon, North Melbourne uh, just above them, you know, you just go, Oh man, both have had a bad seasons. But the narrative actually is how how it actually played out is North Melbourne uh far and away the bottom side of the year as far as the way it ended up because they've delisted half of their fucking squad and um Man, they're they're right. Like I look at the rest of the bottom eight. I'm like, you know, GWS is probably the other big disappointment that you see. Like, you know, Carlton finishing outside is it's Carlton Essendon again. Gold Coast had their, you know, their right. Their, who was probably a lock for the Rising Star up until they got injured. Matt Rowe, you know, they started the season well and just kind of fell away. Hawthorne in the middle of what is a rebuild after a massive success for a decade. Sydney kind of in the same place as Hawthorne. Um, Melbourne just kind of weirdly in that place that then we're not sure if they're good or not. Um, so I think the two big ones in the bottom eight, uh, bottom, sorry, ten, uh, GWS and uh, North Melbourne are just a basket case, and GWS is super disappointing after making the grand final last year. I guess is the two, two big ones that are in that bottom ten that you sit there and go, fuck, what's going on? All right, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Um. All right, North Melbourne. Yeah, they're just they've never really had a rebuild. Um. So it's about time, a bit like the Crows, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. But when yeah, the, with the Crows, you see somewhere a direction. North Melbourne, what 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 is their direction? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They just don't have a good list. I mean, they've gone through and delisted. They're getting rid of a guy for some reason. Um, that in the previous three years to this kicked, well, basically 180 goals in yeah. three years, and then he kicks nine goals in eight games, and they say we don't have a place for you. 
Isn't he only turning like 26, 27 this year? Uh, I think he's 28, 29. I think you still offer him a contract considering yeah. his, um, considering their midfield shit so they can't actually get the ball into him. So they're just <laughs> in shambles. Um, I think they just need a whole restructure of everything. List management, it's hard. Like I mean, Reshaw's the coach. He I don't turns 28 in November, so he's still, okay, he's still, yeah, he's still, still actually young. got two seasons before he hits 30. Exactly. So any team would be very lucky to have him with a good midfield. Mm. Um, Reshaw, I think they got wrong with the coach. Yep. Um, I just think they're shambles. They'll have the number one pick next year. Um, Sydney... They've just been riddled by injuries. Buddy Franklin, he's one of the best players in the competition. Isaac Keeney and a few others go down. That hurts. They're not... Yeah, they had some good... They had some few young ones that played a right from this year, though. I haven't watched too many yeah, games. I just remember watching them and just thinking, like, they're not, like, just a... There's some good signs for them. Kind of like you, you blokes. It was just um, not a good year in, like, as overall, but just little signs there for Sydney. Yeah, they've got some good young blokes, but they've yeah got a lot of talent on the mm. sidelines. When you take out Heaney and Franklin, they're Jets. Hawthorne, yeah. yeah, they're just... Clarkson, he'll work his magic with them, surely. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got lots of talented players. It's just... They need a good bunch of young players coming through, I think. It, it won't be long until they're back fighting top four. Maybe give it two years. Next year, they'll... Oh, next year they won't be top eight, but I reckon they'll still get in players and um, rebuild that way. Gold Coast, I don't know, is Matt Rowe. Matt Rowe's that good, but is he that good that he pushes them up into finals when they won three or four of the games he did play and then they go and just lose the rest? Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like when Ablett was good for them, and then they then he got injured. Like he was on Brownlow Medal form, got injured, and they just fell away. It's like how how good is your list if you're? Uh, yeah, one, and I yeah. mean they looking at the percentage ninety point six, so they're not far off. But I don't think. Yeah, maybe we gave them too much credit at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. Essendon, yeah, they're shambles, I believe, because everyone wants to leave them apparently as well. And yeah, there's those culture questions. You yeah. got Matty Lloyd and um, um, oh, what's his name? There's another cl- uh, player that played for him a couple of times, like won a couple of premierships with him. But yeah, just just ripping him, saying, you know, saying some stuff in the media that you just don't say about a club unless there's some problems. So yeah, they're kind of in that similar boat as uh, the North North Melbourne. I I like. tip them bottom four next year. Yeah, well, is, is Danaher's gone? You reckon or it's not? Oh, how, I don't how think do Danaher's even that big a deal. No, I just mean... If his body's not right, I mean, he's good when his body's right, but yeah, who's going to get that right? And where's he going to go? Because Sydney, are they going to take him? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, Frio, they started zero and five. I'm yeah, pretty they're, sure they're their first win was against Crows. So, <laughs> um, depend- they won't be top eight next year, but they're on the right track with Longmire as coach. Yeah, I guess you can say if they started zero and five, I actually forgot about that. But then they went seven, then they went seven and five for the rest of the year. So that's a pretty good record, isn't it? Yeah, they really came good, and they yeah. were competitive. Like ninety point, ninety three point seven percentage is um, pretty good. Um, Carlton, I think. Jeez. <laughs> I think they're better than what people say. I mean, seven and ten. I think they'll talked up to be better than that. I know they lost to the Crows, so they must be shit. Um, GWS, yeah, I don't know. 
apparently historically, if a team loses a grand final by like forty ish points or more, maybe it is fifty. Maybe it's forty seven. I think that's what the Crows lost by. Forty seven points or more. Forty eight, I think the Crows lost. Ah, forty eight, forty seven. Don't remember. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all right. The I next year the, they don't the make memory. finals, so yeah. that's no surprise. They've got to, they've got to do something because if they don't pull their fingers out, they'll be bottom of the ladder because players will leave. They've already got players leaving, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Melbourne, yeah, I think they should just be better, but you can't have more than eight teams in the eight. That's mm. a dumb thing to say, but it's pretty. It's not a wrong thing to say. Yeah, I guess when um, you look at it, that um, you know they only miss out in the eight by. Uh, you know, the virtue of Collingwood having a draw, really, and then a slightly better percentage as well. But the percentages are, are less than two points between Collingwood and Melbourne. And then, you know, Collingwood are just two points ahead of Melbourne. So it's like, it's the narrative, I guess, of, you know, if you finish in finals, um, you know, it changes everything. And, the, you know, when you look at those marginal differences, you can arguably say Collingwood's disappointing to because um, they probably should be better than that too. But they're in the finals and they're Collingwood on their day can still play some good footy. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting when you see eight versus nine there and, but Melbourne did have their chances as well. They had there's a few games they dropped when they shouldn't have dropped games that would have put themselves in the position. Like they took, like it was in their hands at one point, and then it went out of their hands. Same with Carlton as well. Yeah, exactly. Like you've got to take your opportunities when you've got them in footy, um, especially when there's a kick in it or so on. I mean, Carlton they what lost the port after the siren, but they also beat Frio after the siren. So yeah. So you can call um, that a wash, really, can't you? Yeah, I guess you can. But you've just, yeah, got to take your chances. Um, just be better. Yeah, I mean, that's that's that's, that's good advice. Kind of like, oh, how did you win today? Oh, we kicked more goals than them. <laughs> you know, well, it's not always works in footy, but um, yeah, it's a good 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 uh, soccer analogy, I guess. Yeah, I've seen those. You see those occasional results where it's like a a team that's kicked like ten goals, twenty beats a team that kicks like you know <laughs> eleven goals, two. Um, but uh, I guess we've run through the bottom ten. Um, let's have a let's have a quick break here, and then we'll um, run into the uh, run into the finals matchups and get into the teams that are in the finals and still in the hunt and still playing footy this year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, we're back. Finals preview coming up. Um, don't know actually how much informative it'll be, but we're just going to talk about the finals. Really, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's keen. Um, yep. I guess, well, like, let's start with the bottom four first, I guess. We'll go go that way and then go to the top four ones. Um, West Coast Collingwood is probably, I mean, both, of, I mean, all of the matchups are really interesting. Uh, St. Kilda being in the finals for the first time in a bunch of years and the Doggies kind of rebounding from a couple of years after their, you know, grand final win to be pretty competitive this year and um, on their day uh, can can kind of match it. They just haven't been able to get four quarters together. But I guess let, let's go West Coast Collingwood first because that's got there's some interesting um, the media today. The uh, Western Western Australian newspapers come under fire for the dirty pies back. I don't know if you saw seen that back page, but um, obviously there's the uh, the the ob- the obvious thing about playing West Coast in West Coast. There's a bit of the the um, rivalry that's built from that great grand final we saw in 2018 and um and then Collingwood having to do a hard seven days quarantine and then even if they lose they have to um 
quarantine again. I can't remember what. Nah, what? Collingwood doesn't have to quarantine. Sorry. West Coast does. West Coast does because they played Collingwood, right? We're a dirty team. Yeah, <laughs> you're the dirty pies. Yeah, so there's a little bit of there's a little bit of locker room material probably for Collingwood there. I guess um, you could say that I'm, I'm sure Buckley and Co will use that. Um, they won't say that it's it affects them anything, but they'll just kind of use it internally, I think, and just say, hey, this is this is what we're up against. We're coming over to, you know, up the stadium, which is um, uh, you know, obviously West Coast with the their uh the restrictions getting into the Western Australia, but then um, yeah, up the stadium, all that stuff, going to the West Coast, going to Perth, playing footy over there is always. It's always the final that no team wants to have to do, um, but Collingwood's doing it. And, um, you know, West Coast at one point this year were a basket case when they were in the, the hub for the first time up in Queensland. Then they went home for a while and won, what, six, seven games on the spin. Suddenly we're a team that were never going to lose again and we're almost firming as West uh, as premiership favourites. Um, still a very good team. They had a few injuries over the last few weeks and then um, just lost a couple of games and it's, they thought they just fell out of the just the, the jumble that was the last week of who was going to finish in the top four and West Coast just missed out and it's percentage, wasn't it? I think. Um, no, I think that was the game, wasn't it? No, no, percentage. Oh, yeah. yeah, Geelong had a far superior percentage, almost 20 percentage points. But yeah, that's what it was. It was just percentage that they missed out on, um, which was very obvious. Like I think Geelong, all they had to do was win because we knew they Percentage was there, but um, yeah, so West Coast are a team that at different times this year have either been, like I said, a basket case at first um, because they just couldn't handle the hub at first, but then when they went home and got a bunch of wins on the spin, they suddenly got themselves into the position to be um, a very competitive team again, and obviously West Coast over the last few years, they won a premiership a few years ago, were in a grand final that they lost um, four years before that, and just to be in that, just a team that's always been there for the last, it feels like fucking this entire century really you know they were you know the, the mid 2000s and then the mid 2010s and then 2018 finally winning another grand final it's just they're that team that you fear playing in the finals just because they've got a lot of experience there now and um collingwood going over there uh it's a big test it's a really intriguing game on paper for me I threw, again i threw a lot at you yeah i know i'm, I'm listening <laughs> i'm like Oh shit! <laughs> Firstly, I'm gonna answer this <coughs> as Shay would. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> um, I'm gonna probably say a lot of things that are wrong here. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I just want to put that in there. <laughs> that is completely I'm wrong. Gonna, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, <laughs> I've had a few uh, white claws. Uh, <laughs> wait, no, I, wait, hold on. Just do one more because I'm just going to send this through on the snap. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I can't even do it anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's good. Um, Shay, I'm sorry, but also that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, <laughs> back to it. Um, yeah, I'll probably will say everything that is wrong here. Everything I will say, bet against and you'll win money. Um, West Coast Collingwood, uh, I think just West Coast wins, depending on what um, players they get back. Mm -hmm. uh, it depends on, yeah, if they get back, say, I think Redden's out. Um, oh, jeez, who else is out? They've got a lot of outs that um, are very important that... If they get them back, they should win. It'll be an even battle in the midfield. Uh, probably Collingwood superior there just. Um, but in terms of like key forwards, key backs, 
and the home ground advantage, like that's a massive thing playing at Optus Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be a big thing just playing in front of the home crowd. Like West Coast don't lose often there. But I think it'll be like the media's pumped it up. I think Kane Corns even said at one point, um, like Collingwood are just making up the numbers. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I think it'll be maybe West Coast by ten points, if not closer. Like it wouldn't surprise me if Collingwood win. Collingwood are good in finals, so West Coast. So it'll be a good match. I look mm-hmm. forward to watching this one on Saturday, which I probably won't because I'll be. Fear the bucks. <laughs> I'll be pissed. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, that's not that's a pretty good reason to miss miss out on a game that um, especially if it's not your team, obviously. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's an intriguing matchup. I, um, you know, the the Eagles got their got their hands on um, Collingwood earlier in the year and really bolstered them. Um, and obviously, there's the the grand final comeback that looms large um, in many minds as far as the recent rivalry. That's kind of like you know, it's just one of those. Just those timely, you know, so it's one of those rivalries just just built out of a grand final clash, and over the next few years, when the players that were in that game were there, um, but yeah, I think for me, it's one of those games that I think if Colling, if West Coast were coming into it fit and firing, then I'm like a lot more bullish about thinking, no, oh, you know, they'll win, even if it's not like belt them. I just would think, you know, four or five goals, they'll just, you know, kind of get the lead and cruise, um, because I just think that they're, I think the players they have, you know. I just don't think quite the the lists stack up. West uh, obviously Collingwood's got some incredibly talented players, but I just think um, across the board, you know, when you have a forward line like West Coast with you know Darling and and Kennedy, and you got the guys like Liam Ryan and them, but boosting around, it's just like when they're fit um, with that midfield that West Coast got and the defense, it's just like yeah, I think on I just would think if four or five goals would be the win, but there is the you just don't know exactly how fit the McGovern's. You know, all of these guys are coming back in. Like Shuey's saying that he's in and. But Shuey did two hamstrings in the line in the same game of his last pl- game played. Like, is that guy going to last through the game? So that, all those question marks that hang over it make me think that you might be a bit more on it. Like, even if these guys are in the game, if they if they have come back under injury clouds, how much does that play into the how they play their game and and all these things? So yeah, it could be. I I think West Coast still get over the line, but it could it might be a lot closer than I would think it would be if. The, it, was, it was a fit and firing kind of West Coast team um, that was coming in with no injury clouds, especially just so many. And, you know, we often expect a team to have some injury clouds at this point of the year because it's just what it is. It's in a battle of attrition to get through an AFL season. But when you have that many players, they, they, they just had an injury list that they could, were dropping like flies in those last couple of games, it felt like at times. Like Kennedy just would pull up with a limp and Shuey would do two hamstrings and... McGovern's got off the field with a, a slight hamstring, and it's just like, well, how are these guys going to get through? But they're, the week's breaks has helped them get them back, but I just don't know how fit they are, and I wonder if we're going to have a game where, you know, in the second or third quarter, we see a guy like McGovern go down again, or and that would, in a close game, that would be very a big change. So it wouldn't surprise, I think, West Coast, I probably agree with you that maybe between that 8 to 12 point range, maybe just get over the line because they, they showed in those couple of games towards the end of the season they could. But I think Collingwood are a sneaky chance as well. Um, to oh, cause one of the cause one of the early upsets of the finals to go over to West Coast and beat them on their home I also deck. don't think it's like... I mean, I know I was pumping up West Coast and injuries <laughs> before, but I think Collingwood, they were, what, a kick out of the grand final last year. They almost made the grand final the year before. 
No, they did make the fuck. They did make the grand. They were a kick away from winning the flag mm. the year before. I think, like, even though they haven't had the best year, they've still got the experience. They've still got yeah absolute gun talent there that can get them over the line. So it's like a game that I mean, uh, previous elimination finals where it's fifth first versus eighth, you can often sometimes write off. I mean, looking back. I think it was 2016, uh, Crows v North Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Like, you just knew Crows were going to win. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was 60 points in the end. Maybe didn't expect that much, but you just knew Crows were going to win because they're a team, like West Coast, just outside of the top four, like unlucky not to make it, like a mm-hmm. result goes their way and they're in there. Whereas this one, you're not surprised if eighth knocks off fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes eighth just scrapes in, which Collingwood have, but Collingwood can move and shake, especially in a year where, apart from uh, Brisbane, West Coast and Port, no one's at home. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I reckon West Coast win, but it doesn't surprise me if Collingwood does as well. Yeah. It'll be a good game. Yeah, no, it really, it's a good slate of finals coming from this first week as well, because then we go to... Um, you could call it the battle of the the battlers, you know, St Kilda and Bulldogs, with um, you know, one premiership between them in the last, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, or a couple of premierships. Uh, well, no, Bulldogs have a premiership more recently than Crows and Port. No, I was just meaning a couple of premierships between them in the like the the last, you know, their teams that you know St Kilda, what they've got, you know, twenty seven wooden spoons, and the Bulldogs for up until they won that one like, a few years ago were like one of those heartbreak teams as well because they should have both well, Bulldogs, Bulldogs have, hadn't played in a grand final. Yeah, but Bulldogs were one of those teams um, in the like they should they everyone expected them to get through to grand final in that period in the late nineties where you guys won your couple and St. Kilda. Andrew McLeod just said, <laughs> "Bulldogs, bend over, you're my <laughs> bitch." Well, yeah, it's an interesting matchup between two teams that are often often the underdog, um, and one of them one of them has to win in this one. And uh, I'm calling it now. I'm calling it now. And. I, <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> I'm Shay. <laughs> um, I'm calling it now. This is a draw. It goes to extra time. Oh, God. That would be fun. Uh, I'm going to be wrong because that's a huge call, but I reckon it goes to extra time. It's going to be a draw and they have to play on. That would be fucking fun. Um, I guess I'm expecting a cl- close final again. Um it's it's really interesting to see how St Kilda you know St Kilda have done a really good job of getting a few players you know um, Dan Butler coming in from the Tigers and um, they've grabbed a couple of Port players and you know Paddy Ryder's just got that experience even um, Bradley Hill yeah yeah Dan uh, Hanbury yeah like look at that side and the the players they've got they've been you know all Australians at other teams and um, just you know handy player like Dan Butler probably could have been an all Australian this year um, but you know Dustin Martin in the forward pocket makes sense I guess apparently for some people. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. It's a. It's a. St Kilda's list building job for to get back into the into being a kind of you know make them relevant again. Yeah, has been really good, and the, you know the doggies. Um. Obviously, they had that magical run to, um, from seventh to the grand final a few years ago, and then kind of, uh, underwhelmed a bit after that. But then again, I guess we never expected them to be premiership winners in twenty sixteen. Well, so. Last year they ran into finals like looking real good, mm. but then they got knocked out by GWS, who, apart from the grand final, almost did a similar thing to Bulldogs in twenty sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
No, I think personally with this one, um, I think Bulldogs win based on more finals experience and um, just that more maybe level-headed going into it because they've had the experience, whereas St Kilda haven't played in nine years in finals. But if St Kilda are to win, expect Hill, uh, I think Hannabury's playing, I think he's back, expect Hill and Hannabury to be in the top three best players because they've got the experience, they've got the flags under their belt. If Saints win, they're in the best players. Mm. But I reckon it's going to be neck and neck, and I think it will be the best game to watch of the round, even though the rest are looking at, at real ripper games. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm really, I'm really excited for that one. I'll be, I'll be working unfortunately for it, but um, hopefully it'll be um, um, well, it's not going to be quiet, but I'll be watching. Um, and yeah, certainly watching replays later because I just, I just think it's um, it's a really cool matchup between a couple of teams, and you know, you get some real good star players out there. Um, and yeah, the doggies, I expect, I, I expect to win, and possibly, um, I don't want to be underwhelmed by it. I just, I just. And I don't. I guess I, I keep going back and forth on it a bit. Sometimes I think St Kilda might freeze under the lights because you know when they got out to that lead against West Coast a few weeks ago, they kind of froze. And um, there's just been times this year where you've just been disappointed. But then the Bulldogs had that too when they were up by six goals against Geelong, and then just you know Geelong just pegged them back for the rest of the game basically. Um, so both teams have kind of got that weakness in their games. Well, it's not weak. It's just you know imperfections that you know. And Geelong are certainly no slouches, so it's not like the Bulldogs. They played a good game in that one and got themselves in a position to win the game. But yeah, it's it's a two teams that on their day can um, do some real damage. But then you know you also see those weaknesses in their games where they just um, don't have the experience to hold back the tide. So when you have two teams against each other that do that have got that same, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting mix which makes makes for a great matchup, I guess. Because well, two t- one team's going to have to figure it out to get the win. That's where it's going to be the game of the round because you're saying like they don't know how to hold down the. Um, hold the castle down. Yeah. It's going to be high scoring, which in 2020 you haven't seen too much of. So mm. it's going to be like you see goals. I think it'll be free flowing because they're both exciting teams to watch. A lot of run, carry. That's why I think it's the game of the round. And mm-hmm. I don't know for Michael. I reckon it'll be it'll go to extra time. That would be it's lots bu- of fun. It's a bold call by the Prethys. <laughs> I'm going to get on my sports bet account later and put that one on. Um, just I'll take 10%. Uh, okay, I'll be putting a couple of bucks on, so I don't know if they're too much. I'll still take 10%. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you, can, you can just have a couple more beers. <laughs> um, yeah, I I expect that. It would be cool to see, like, a, you know, each team crack 13 or 14 goals, you know. We're talking about 16-minute quarters, so it's not that, you know, and we're not going to... We just don't get see the footy we did back in the nineties and early two thousands where yeah, two teams kicking twenty goals each. So yeah, be fun, good fun to see that actually. I'm re- I'm really excited for that one. The more we talk about it, so well, no, I mean I'm just going to butt in there apart from finals. But first, I've got a couple points. Don't interrupt me. Firstly, didn't think I'd like sixteen minute quarters. Yeah, push it away, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> didn't think I'd like sixteen minute quarters. Turns out I do. Yeah, not I think it's I think I like. Not that I hate less footy. Mm. I would like it to continue if we got more footy. So every team plays everyone twice, something like that. Mm. Um, second thing, I think people get too hung up on high-scoring games. Oh, um, 
I think you can just, I think footy's footy, like who cares? Um, you still see the same stuff. Maybe you don't get as many amazing goals, but you also, high-scoring games, you see a lot of goals kicked from 10 metres out straight in front. Mm. Um, I mean, when in 2017, when Crows were good, most of the go- Crows' goals came from the goal square just because they were kicking them over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, teams will adapt with that. Um, so I don't think this, where people say, oh, footy was better in the 90s or early 1000s where they were kicking bulk goals, I don't think that makes better footy. I think just the enjoyment of the game makes better footy. So that's my uh, 10 cents worth. Yeah, no, I would, I would tend to agree. It's... um. There's certain times when you get a bit bogged down that it gets, um, it, you know, but then you see games where uh, teams do go at each other, like um, Port Richmond this year was a good example of like, and it's not like it ended up being a high-scoring game, but they just, they played free-flowing footy and it was good defense as much as, and then some good goals as well. So it was a good, good mixture of what modern footy is, is what that game was. And yeah, I think it was a bit overblown early in the year and that's what the um, media tends to do in Australia is um, the AFL media needs to, write stories and when there's low scoring games it's very easy to just put a few clickbait articles out there to get people talking and then the people that you know some people who um just watch footy to see good goals and don't appreciate the other the finer arts of um you know because it's the same story in any sport really um you know whether it be soccer or ice hockey or Fucking, you know, basketball, you know, when when low-scoring games are happening, people start complaining rather than realising that maybe it's just good defence as well. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, lo- I love seeing I love seeing um, your defenders coming in there and laying big tackles and putting the pressure on in the in the back line and um, big and spoils. And AFL yeah. makes defenders more relevant, which they always push to the back. Yeah. I mean, who was the last backline player to win a Brownlow? You'd have to tell me. You should tell me. 1993. Oh, Wanganeen. Yeah. Wanganeen, back yeah. pocket. Yeah. That's almost 30 years ago. Yeah, and he should have won back one back in um, 2003 again. I think he was up there 2004, too. he was close. No, it was 2003 with the year that he was favourite, though. Close oh, to favourite. No, sorry. Dread yeah, Ray right, was 2004. No, 2003 was the year where everyone was close. Yeah, because yeah, I think he finished, he finished a... Uh, Equal second. Yeah, right. Three right. other blokes. Yeah. And, and three blokes won it. So Imagine if you got in a six-way tie or something like that. That would be nuts. Man, that year you look back on it is unreal. But yeah. I know we're taking a bit of an interval from finals football. No, no, this is what... But I'm saying I back the AFL to go to 16 or even 15-minute quarters and play a 34-game season where you play everyone twice. And that means you're getting... Um, there'll be more football on the TV... I liked having – I'm absolutely for, like, five-day breaks. I think players can handle it. They still do their training during the week where mm. it's pretty hectic. I think they can handle it. I mean, we'll evolve with it, but it'll make a fairer comp, better comp, more footy. People will still watch it. They'll still come home from work, grumpy after a fight at their work and watch the footy. Like, it will happen. Like, people will <laughs> do it. I mean, we're not going to get into the politics of who has fights. and <laughs> It will happen. Like, I loved coming home from, like, um, like say, school. Yeah. And just, like, chucking on the footy. It just gives something to go home and, like, watch. People watch it. Mm. I want it. Yeah, I guess that's that would what be... I'm, that I'm, that I'm with Patrick Dangerfield. I yeah. believe he wants the same thing. 
So is he talking? I I don't want to go much less than sixteen. I guess I'm I I'm interested in what they're they're looking at doing eighteen next year is one thing that I've seen. But I I certainly have always believed that you either have to play each other all once, or then you have to find a way to go play each other twice. The weird the weird way they do the I guess just because I'm such a you know I'm obviously a, a Premier League fan as well, um, and you just every team playing each other once uh, twice you know home and away makes it you know you can't. Some you know teams will. I, I remember when the schedule for the Premier League season this came out this year with Liverpool. Obviously, being a Liverpool fan, um, you know we opened with Leeds, who were back in the league for the first sixteen, first time in sixteen, seventeen years. Then we played Chelsea and we played Arsenal. I said, "Well, that sucks to open up with those three games." But then you got to you know it, it. Sometimes it it does suck when you get stacked with a, a loaded schedule in a, the amount of teams you play, good teams you play in a couple of weeks. But at the same time, you sit there and go. At some point, that will even out because we'll get the relief of playing teams that are, you know, on paper worse because we do just play each other twice and the ebb and flow of the fi- fixture works that way and, um, you know, the AFL sometimes doesn't work that way and, you know, teams get better and worse each year that you're not expecting but, yeah, it is interesting that... um, It is an interesting idea you pose. I do wonder about the financial aspects of throwing that much more travel in. Um, travel it's an underrated aspect of recovery and how bad uh, how much travel is a detriment to recovery that's a, something the AFL would have to work with on that too again the cost the league's bled money this year and um, it'll be interesting to see what they do about the travel travel arrangements for a 34 game season I think we'd see a lot more teams playing on the same day that they travel which um, you know some teams worked with really well this year some teams I think enjoyed it more than yeah, they thought they would the Crows struggled yeah, so it's there's a lot of logistical things about it, but on paper, I certainly, I certainly don't mind the idea of playing everyone twice. Um, you got to play everyone once or everyone twice. Yes, I think that, that's, I, I, that's yeah. why I agree. So I think if you go to you go back to twenty minutes, then it'll be interesting to go back to maybe just having that seventeen game. Like, and that's a very much a NFL kind of schedule where you have the because they have you know sixteen games. They don't play everyone, each, um, but it's a sixteen game schedule and um, makes it kind of interesting because you. It makes every game that much more important. The less games you play, um, it does really, you know, this this year was an example of it, you know. Port, uh, you know, Port and Brisbane finish equal top um, percentage, obviously separating with a, with 14 wins each because um, you're only playing 17 games. So it is an interesting discussion. It's going to be an interesting off-season to see where we land and when that decision is made because there's obviously the list cuts and all that that still hasn't been finalised, which I think a lot of clubs are getting a bit antsy about now as to what the AFL is doing. So, um, uh, it won't be in the next few years that something like that happens, yeah. but you've just got to... Um, yeah, they've got to consider it. I think if the league ever goes to 20 teams, which I hope it does, I hope Tasmania gets a team, um, Northern Territory, I don't know if they can support a team, but I'd back a team somewhere else as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, you've got a 20 teams, 19 games, play everyone once. Mm. I think that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that would be that would be where I'd be heading because I just know the way these, these players, um, you know, it's kind of like the NFL, like, Soccer, um, you know, they play the top teams that play Europe and all that stuff. You know, end up sometimes playing between fifty-five and sixty games a year. Um, I guess the bruising aspect of soccer, soccer is certainly quite a physical sport. You're running, running, you know, kilometer upon kilometer for some of the midfielders that are real, the real engine room guys of in that sport. And um, there's a lot of there's a lot of physical draining that goes on. But um, I think the underrated aspect of why I'm hesitant to, I guess the 34 game idea is how's that for a girl 
That is fucking brilliant. You know, but you know, buddy, I've had my you know, obviously fan moments where I'm like, oh, what a dickhead, but fuck, he's just brilliant to watch. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think the underrated aspect when you when you see it's just him just getting up sore, uh, like. AFL is such a bruising sport and that's the underrated aspect of recovery, I think. And that's why I'm hesitant. That's the only reason that makes me hesitant to the 34 game idea is like they'd, uh, they try to condense it probably too much being the AFL trying to say, whether it be trying to find a way to make it as profitable as possible and probably wouldn't be fair to the players. I think you could do a 34 game schedule if you thought if the players association put it on their terms, but I think you'd, there'd be that bargaining with the AFL and we'd, we'd start saying, I think it just wouldn't be fair on the players with how it would end up actually. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? It's, it's yeah, yeah absolutely. Like if, right. you, if you, if you spread it out the right way and made it and the players were all like, yeah, this works for us. That's the only way to get it done for me to be fair. But then we'd also with the AFL would go, well, that doesn't work. So then there'd be some bargaining and it just wouldn't end up being the way it needs to be for um, the, the good of the sport, I guess, and the good of the players' health. Because I just, I just think, yeah, the recovery that these players have to go through is hard enough as it is. And imagine doing 34 games and then finals. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. And, I mean, from playing C-grade footy, you pull up pretty sore. <laughs> and I'm a, what, 26-year-old. have And, yeah, you do pull up very sore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it is – you've just got to make the competition fair. Yeah, um, so I agree with you that, that it would be great to have a 20-team 20, 20 comp. Yeah. Yeah. Add two more teams, Tassie team, and then a team somewhere else. Yeah. And then, yeah, the Northern Territory, I'm I'm very very much a fan of getting the team up there. Um, yeah, such a hub of fun. Such a beautiful, like, whenever you see games played up there, it just looks like such a fucking fun. Yeah. That'd be such a great away trip it's as a fan. Like, I'd love to be. A, yeah. But then, you know, I don't know, sustainability, but they've got teams on the Gold Coast and... <laughs> <laughs> That's not sustainable. Yeah, and even GDWS has gotten their membership base up slowly, but yeah, the, it's arguable as to whether that's sustainable. Um, but obviously the sustainability comes from the sponsorship dollars that um, the AFL gets from Sydney businesses, I think, whereas, you know, that's and that's the unfortunate thing is you've probably got the fan base in Darwin, you just don't have the uh, maybe the sponsorship dollars coming from it, which is um, yeah, the unfortunate part of the business side of the AFL because... Should be for the fans, but we do. It is a business as well. So, yeah. Ah, that was a good aside. I like talking about these kind of things. The future of the AFL is an interesting discussion to have at this moment in time. Um, so, yeah. Um, how about um, let's take another break for a few. So, we can then we can get into the top <laughs> <Yes>. four matchups. <laughs> All right. Pee break. All right. Now we're into the qualifying finals um, after a quick little break there. Um, we'll talk about Brisbane Richmond first. Um, up at the Gabba, obviously. Um, even, the, you know, who knows what would have happened if Richmond had actually ended up in the top spot. But just as it, and you know, serendipitous that Brisbane um, finished in second. So either way, it was, uh, you know, hubs and all this craziness of 2020 aside, it was actually just a Brisbane home final anyway. So uh, Brisbane proving us, yeah, there's a lot of people that after last year wondered, you know, especially when Melbourne had such a fall from grace from their one year, one year being um, good. Other thing, a lot of people wonder what Brisbane's comeback for this year after a, a good uh, year that they really um, improved uh, leaps and bounds last year. And um, you know they've proven us they've proven us wrong. They're they're you know equal top um, percentage aside. You know Port. I know it's, it's a really weird. <laughs> 
It's a really weird year when we consider the last time both Port and Brisbane were this good was the last time that they both played in the grand final as well. And um, But we've got Brisbane being a really good team again and um, really ruling the Gabba again. And, and uh, they're playing at home against a Richmond football club that is, you know, the team that is bordering on a dynasty if they can win again this year. But... Um, it's a really interesting. It's kind of a really interesting matchup. You got the new guys on the block um, with a little bit of pressure on them too. I think this final series because of the grand final being at the Gabba, there's a little bit of expectation that they can just run the table with and not leave Brisbane again. Don't worry, she's just fucking. Yeah, you, yeah. The cat, the cat, the cat's fucking around with the blinds. She does this at some point every night because she's there's a cat that wanders through the backyard occasionally. So ah, fair enough. Yeah, I'll go I catch just... it afterwards. <laughs> um, in terms of this game with the big cats, uh, the lions and the tigers. Um, <laughs> all right, so tigers, <laughs> fuck them. I hate them because they knocked off the crows a few years ago. Uh, personal stats aside, um, <laughs> I should find that picture of you in your Tigers jersey from when you were about ten. Yeah, they used to be my second favorite team, yeah, but now I'm on my lines. They're my second <laughs> favorite team. <laughs> so, um, with all honesty, I reckon Brisbane just get over the line in this. Like I reckon these four finals that we're seeing this weekend, and I've I've said it before in my Shay voice that I can be, I probably will be wrong. <laughs> but I reckon this will be some of the four best like games of finals we'll see in mm. like one week. Normally there's absolute write-offs, but I reckon they'll all be close. Um, I reckon this one lines just get up. I don't know why. I think it's more because the lines have that much pressure on them. I think they'll overcome it. I think Chris Fagan is a wonderful coach. I think he just finds a way. He's just a smart coach. I think. Brisbane have a lot of good players. I think, I just think Brisbane will get up. I think mm-hmm. Richmond are, unfortunately, a very good team. And I've done my ladder um, predictor. And I think Richmond still win the flag. Oh, okay. Despite losing. Um, so that's the way I think it's going to go. I think, yeah, I think Brisbane win. But Richmond still win the flag. I think it'll be close. But that's my case. That's my story. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to look it up now. There, it, there's a big Richmond player that's not playing this week. I just can't. Tom think. Lynch. Tom Lynch. That's the one. I knew it was a forward. Um, I was just trying to work like Google in the background as you were chatting. Um, which one it was. Um, so that's a big loss because um, you know. I mean, I will get to port obviously soon, but um, the the missing the missing link of your second key forward sometimes, especially when you've got two. I mean, Richmond probably as far He's as their main key. Yeah, forward these when days. when as, but especially when you've got a guy like Revolt that can be the second forward um, uh, with the career he's had. Um, when you take the, one of those guys out of that tandem, um, is um, such a such a big loss for a team like Richmond, um, especially. But uh, the, hold on, I'm just gonna stop you there. Unfortunately, in 2017, Richmond won a flag without a second key forward. Yes, yeah, no. I, so I, it can be done. I, I get that they can be done. I wish it couldn't be done <laughs> because Crows had two <laughs> key forwards. Maybe even three, depending the way you look at it. Yeah, that's fair. But we lost. <laughs> and that's a me problem, not a sportsgasmic problem. <laughs> um, not the creed problem. Fuck you. 
Hashtag the Alberton rap. Um, and the creed. Uh, yeah, I look, it's it's not yet, you know, you're right. It's just, it's more the fact that Tom Lynch has been, since he's come into the side, um, such a ma- massive factor in their uh, sustainability, their success since that first grand final win. Um, I certainly I certainly believe that Richmond is such a team with nous and experience at this point that they can win without him, but it's going to take a, a more incredible effort. And I think Brisbane are a team, I think this is a game that, if Brisbane play and kick as well as they can, I think this could be the, the game that actually surprises us with how comfortably Brisbane could win this one. Um, their biggest problem this year has been an incredible, incredible ability to kick scores like 10 goals, 23 at times, like that kind of scoreline. When they have such dominance of possession and such dominance in the forward line and, and shots on goal, but they, you know, and there's been a few games this year that they've threatened to lose because they kicked themselves out of it. Um, if if Brisbane can kick straight, um, I I I'd like they've kind of become an under like Port and Brisbane ironically with being the finish one and two are probably the third and fourth favourite. So I don't know what the betting. I know Port are, are maybe fourth favourite in Premiership betting, or maybe maybe they've gone up to third. I don't know. But Brisbane as well have um, despite their season, um, you know, you've had teams like Geelong and Richmond are probably more affirming as Premiership favourites, and and deservedly so as well. Uh, we'll talk about we're talking about Richmond right now. We'll talk about Geelong soon, um, but I think Brisbane are a team that is almost also incredibly dangerous. It's been really what interesting for me watching like guy, like guys like Eric Hipwood become such more experienced players and dangerous. I remember watching him a few years ago and thinking, ah, oh, this skinny lad just. He's having a good good little run here, but I didn't expect he's he's genuinely turned into a great player. And you know, Brisbane this year have proved that they're not just a flash in the pan. They've had two years where they've finished as a top four side, and and I think they'll be stung like because Richmond went up there and won up there last year, didn't they? Yes. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I was just yeah. No, you were. So I was. I I literally looked at Matt and just decided to throw him a question after talking for about two minutes as he's taking a sip of beer. I'm a dickhead. Yeah, not just <laughs> talking for five minutes and I get plenty of time to drink beer. He just decides to throw one in and leave a blank space. Fuck you, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think there's like, uh, that's the other factor I think is that Brisbane will be stung by that from last year. And it's not to say that because they had, you know, you can talk about narratives all you want. It doesn't mean that the, the, what will actually happen on the field will be what you think can happen. But I think Brisbane will certainly use that and I think there's just a, a vastly more experienced team this year and they've proven by sustaining, you know, because Port and Brisbane kind of sustained that run at the top of the, the top two the top two teams for most of the season, really. Um, and uh, they've kind of sustained that, like, despite some, you know, a couple of losses and whatever, they've, they've sustained that pressure and, and, and had to win some close games. Brisbane had to win some close games and Port did too. But, um, yeah, I just, I actually think Brisbane, I, um, bless you, son. Um, yeah, look, again, Gesundheit, um, <laughs> if you get a third one, I'll throw my Spanish in there, but otherwise I'll, I'll be starting to lose, I'll be starting to miss it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm, uh, this is kind of like what you're saying about, you know, I could be wrong and I might, most likely will be, but I, <laughs> my, <laughs> Uh, my, my this is my kind of like just my you know sh- just throwing a dart out there and just seeing if it'll stick is that um, maybe Brisbane will win this one a bit more comfortably than than expected. Um, I think they're a team that's ready, um, and I think I do have the I do have the background the the other the, you know you could do the devil's advocate and say they may feel the pressure a bit more because they know that there's a lot of people saying you guys can run the table here you can, if you want 
and to win three games in a row, you don't have to leave Brisbane again to win the Premiership right now because of the way this crazy year has lent lent itself to them. But um, I think obviously professional sports people are professional sports people, and while we've seen some games in the past that you know people the pressure gets to them, um, this I think I think for this game in particular, I think Brisbane will be raring, raring to go and. Um, Richmond, the loss of Lynch is a big one for me for Richmond as well. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. I reckon Brisbane get over the line. It's a fairly even matchup, but like you said, Lynch is a big out. And if mm-hmm. um, Brisbane get back Harris Andrews, like they're saying, they'll get back. I think they'll just run over top of them. Uh, my boy Charlie Cameron, he'll, he'll have a game. I think Brisbane make it through the prelims. I don't think they make it to the grand final, but I think they win this game. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'd, I'd sit there and say I think Brisbane could could be a tight tussle and maybe Brisbane win it by uh, you know four four goal ish in the end. Just just kind of go over the line with that. Then they're going to have a home crowd behind them too, um, which is really cool. Um, and this year that we. Uh, you know, I've said to you boys before, um, the Sportsgasmic crew, that, uh, I mean, when we did that podcast earlier in the year, we all, we all said that we didn't expect to be seeing live sports again for the rest of the year. Um, you and I both have gone to see our teams play this year, which is a surprise. Um, I'm going to the Port game tomorrow night again, so it's cool to be going to a fourth game for the year. Um, and, you know, there's, there is some fans going to the games in different countries as well and um, certainly some football in certain states in America while they probably shouldn't be, though, with the situation over there. But, yeah, Brisbane are going to have that home crowd behind them too. Um, Richmond certainly is not a, not a badly supported team around the country. There'll be some Richmond fans there for sure. Um, it'll be probably a good boisterous crowd, I think, um, a good crowd and a good game and a loud game up in Brisbane, I think it'll be. Um, but... I ultimately think that Brisbane will get along across the line just a touch more comfortably, maybe than the bookies are expecting. Um, it's just what I, just what I, just narratively, and you know, like I said, narrative is um, just a just bullshit when it comes to the field. But I just think I just my my story that I'm building in my head is that Brisbane will be stung by last year's result and that they're uh, they want to prove some doubters wrong. And I think this is their statement game. I think for this current list they're bringing through, um, obviously with. Port being in the position they're in, I hope that Brisbane, this isn't their statement year, but I think Brisbane could be a good team for a couple of years to come and this might be one of those games that just sends them on their way, like a real a real statement game to the competition, um, especially against the Richmond side that is two out of, should have probably won three premierships in a row um, if they hadn't fucked up that prelim, but um, yeah, Richmond side that oh, is. They didn't fuck up that prelim, they got beaten by a better team. They they Look, they, they got smacked, but yeah, they were the best team of that season, which is, you know, what happens in footy sometimes, but Richmond are a tiny... Yeah, no, it's a crazy thing. <laughs> Richmond... You know, as a poor fan. Oh yeah, no, three years in a row we should have had them, but we only had one, so yeah. Um, you know, Brisbane, the Brisbane. The, there's no better team to make a statement against than Richmond for Brisbane, and they've got the home home deck advantage. And I think um, after last year's experience, I think they'll get it across the line. Is my my prediction? Um, and a little, yeah. Just like I said, touch. I don't think it'll be a smashing. I just think it'll be a touch more comfortable than some people are expecting, just because that that loss of Lynch just looms so large for me. Um, if that was if Richmond were full strength, I'd consider a, a goal a goal here or there. But yeah. I think Lynch has been so good that he's just such a big loss. Yeah, Brisbane win. 
by seven points. That's my call. Yeah, that's a close call. And look, I that could And look, I I probably hope to see that game more than I hope to see, you know, Brisbane winning by five. You know, like any game that's not my team, I want to see a close I want to see that, you know, a a minute to go, a goal in it is what you want to see when it's not your team. When it's your team, you want to see him up by ten. And I guess that's a good segue to go to um to go to uh, Port versus Geelong, our first final of this um, season. Um, first of October, we get the first qualifying final. It's kind of a cool little um, part of what this crazy year has been that the first of October um, is rarely ever a time we're talking. We're usually talking about premiership celebrations for whoever's won it, but we're getting the first final on the first of October. Um, Ryan Verner will tell you it's pinching a punch for the first day of the month and pinching a punch for the first final of 2020. <laughs> Um, Port Adelaide at home uh, at Adelaide Oval to Geelong. Um, uh, two teams have got some history, and um, certainly this year. Are you hot in here? Huh? Are you hot? I feel like you're gonna. I'm hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you for your oh, God, fucking damn it! This is re- it's really hot in here. Is that is that thing clean since I tackled you on the? F- Jesus know. Christ. Really right, so just, just thought to point out that Froffies has worn his Geelong Guernsey to this podcast, which I wasn't expecting him. I was, yeah, he's he's. God damn it! I, I should have. I, I'm not surprised. You know, now that it's now that it's out there, but you know, it is what it is. Oh, I'm wearing my Geelong Guernsey. Oh shit! <laughs> I just chucked it on. <laughs> didn't expect it. it was pretty cold, and now I'm. Up. You got Dangerfield's number on the back of that, do you? Or? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there might be a grass stain there still or so too from I'm pretty sure you didn't wash it very well. <laughs> I stain sticks that motherfucker. It, it came out a lot better than it. So the story of this one is is um what was it, Port Adelaide Geelong in twenty fifteen? Yeah. Yeah. So you know, me and my brother getting along well as we do. We go to footy games together even if it's not our team, like he'll come to a court game with me just to have some beers and watch some footy. Um I don't know when the last time I went to a cross game with you actually was. But <laughs> uh, it's an 18 showdown. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a yeah. Um, Andrea's brother's uh, introduction to footy, which was a an interesting night. Um, but yeah, 2015, um, Port Adelaide versus Geelong. You bought that Guernsey that day, didn't you? He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this dickhead goes out and buys a Geelong jersey. Just drops a hundred. Just to buy a Geelong jersey, just so you can re- bring it, uh, wear it to being the... a poor uni student as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I eat this week or do I buy a Geelong jersey to just do the banter for the brother? And he does the latter. Um, and that game didn't go. I think Port ended up losing by about twenty. It wasn't a. It wasn't like a smashing. It was just like Geelong were always ahead, and Port would make little runs and didn't quite get there. It was like twenty, twenty-four points, I think, in the end. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah, you were smashed. Um, oh, rich pot kettle. <laughs> yeah, well, I was too. Um, didn't get to finish my last beer because then I ended up pouring it over your head on the hill. <laughs> so Matt was, by the end of this game, we were all, yeah, we'd had a few beers. And uh, Geelong were uh, comfortably ahead of that. Well, it was, you know, a couple of minutes ago, and, you know, Port aren't kicking five goals in a couple of minutes. So Matt's on the hill screaming about how much he loves Joel Selwood because he's just pretending to be the... Uh, no, Stevie J. I think Joel Selwood came out of your mouth a few times too. No, I wouldn't say things like that. I remember. I we'll get to the outside of the ground <laughs> in a second, but 
Um, yeah, he's screaming about... Okay, Stevie J. He's screaming about... He's just acting like the biggest Geelong super fan ever. And I'm like mad at this point because obviously being a Port fan, I'm watching... I'm standing there on the hill watching Port uh, about to lose. And I, I don't know what triggered me to do it, but I had a full beer in my hand and you were just standing there just yelling about Geelong. And I just looked at my beer and thought, this would be better served being poured over your head. So I did that. And Ollie Harding was there and he... I think the security guard just looked and was like, they're laughing, but he's poured a beer over his head. What do I do? I think, uh, firstly, you say you don't know what triggered it. I believe I know what triggered it. Oh, yes. You <laughs> please inform me. <laughs> so it was me uh, singing a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> singing a bit of uh, Count the Cobras, Count the Cats. <laughs> um, security guard, we had to tell him that we were actually related. <laughs> I think that was a big deal as well. Um, yeah, Count the Cobras. Yeah, I just remember Ollie just being like, it's okay, they're brothers. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the game finished and then I just... And then we went out the front, we're walking out of the stadium and I'm just thinking, fuck, let's just, I just want to go home now because I'm just mad about this result. And then I think we ended up at the casino after anyway because that's what happens. But um, you were then just walking in the mid, like right in front of the main gate at Adelaide Oval, just screaming about. And this is at the point that I, I literally remember the, you just running over to random Geelong fans and going, how good's Joel Selwood? And no, it was Stevie J. You were still, Stevie you J. still, I swear, I just remember. No, nah, it was Stevie J. Okay. Because there's a Facebook post of you being like, Stevie J's a cunt. <laughs> and that's because I was that's just a standard. That's just a standard Facebook post I would make. <laughs> anyway, there's there's video footage of me just tackling that in front of Adelaide Oval. And then, um, yeah, I had to wash the grass stains out of your brand new Geelong country the next day. <laughs> that's when I did my day. I would have gone pro if it wasn't for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's, tra- it's just a true tragedy. Anyway. Back to the game. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's a rivalry there. Um, but yeah, Port Adelaide Geelong tomorrow night at Adelaide Oval. Um, Port win. Well, I'm happy with that prediction. Let's wrap up the pocket. No. <laughs> um, it's an interesting... Obviously, there's some history from this year with um, Port Geelong. This year came a week after Port Richmond, which was widely regarded as one of the games of the season and deservedly so just with just... I think we mentioned earlier on the, the pod when we were talking about... Um, you know, the, the state of footy this year and how that game proved how good footy can be, even if it's not high, high scoring. It was just a tight game with some free-flowing footy in there. And, um, yeah, Port bounced into the Geelong game, which was an away game. I can't remember. It was a Metricon or the Gabba. I can't remember what, where it was. Metricon. Um, and uh, and got really just manhandled by Geelong. Um, there was very, some very obvious things that went wrong in that game. It was, um, yeah. Cleary on the Hawkins. Yeah, which Cleary's back this week. Um, I assume that... I'll be, oh. He does not play on Hawkins. Yeah. Um, it wasn't just that the Cleary was left often one-on-one and the, there's some incredible kicking from Geelong just took advantage of the fact that, you know, Cleary and Hawkins would be well alone there and you know, thir- 20 or 30 out from goal and there would be no one and they'd just kick a, kick a ball over the back to and Hawkins was just able to just, you know, use his muscle to get off Cleary and take a mark. And it was just one of those games that you could just see there's a defensive plan that Port hoped would work and it just didn't work at all and Geelong found it, figured it out very quickly. So while I'm, I've obviously got historical reasons to be nervous about Geelong and every time I see a Geelong Guernsey or... Um, you know, just the name Geelong, there's um, some PTSD that kicks in. Um, I hope that this Port team, I think there's a lot 
lot for them to look at in that game earlier in the year, I think, to say, all right, that's not what you do. And then they can, you know, there's a lot, you know, you can learn, you know, while a bad loss um, sucks, you can learn a lot from it if you're, if you're a good team. And I'm hoping, and Port this year proved it to, like, you know, there's, there's, there are reasons to still doubt Port, but there, there's a lot of reasons to, um, obviously, I'm Port, the, the Port fan in me is uh, biased as far as I talk about these things, but um, there is a lot of things that I think they could take from that game and say, you know, this is, like, there was, it was very obvious where the game was won and lost and, um, you know, the, the midfield pressure wasn't quite what it was and maybe where it should be. And then, and then obviously, the defensive game plan was just all over the place because they, it got out of hand very quickly and then they kind of steadied the ship a little bit and there was moments in the game where they did they did kind of dictate the play a bit. So it it, it wasn't as bad. It just it just got out of hand early and wasn't wasn't really gonna be won after that. So yeah. I guess with your um side of the fence with um not being a port fan, um where do you where do you see the game? Um Alright. So I'll see it as port win, firstly. Again, I think happy with the that. game that Geelong won it will yeah, what you said it was sixty points. I think sixty one to be exact, possibly, who knows? Yeah. Um it's good I th- that was at Metricon Stadium. That's not Port's home ground. I think one first thing is home ground makes a massive difference. Mm-hmm. Geelong one oh, I'm saying one a lot. Geelong travelling they haven't been home for a long time. That has its impact. Port have been home. They've been in their own Living space have had that comfort. They've had that release. I mean, Geelong have finally had their um, partners up there, which, I mean, takes a little release. But Port no. at home at Adelaide Oval. You reckon there's been a release with their partners, eh? Yeah, I, I did try and skip over that. That's all right. This, 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 um, this, pot, this pot is rated expletive. Uh, expletive so yeah, yeah, they're, they're getting it. There's going to be a few pregnancies coming out in... <laughs> I don't know when they got up there, maybe a month ago, nine months from that. Hub, um, hub babies. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Tex Walker got a baby due in February and he said he got bored during COVID. So expect more of that. Heard it here <laughs> first. <laughs> um, but I think Port don't Port win unless they make the same mistakes as last time. And I mean Cleary has had good history against Hawkins in previous years, but he had a stinker against Hawkins earlier in the year um, where he had, what, six kicked on him. Yeah, again, again, like I just think it's – while Cleary is the – he was just found out. I think it was just such an isolating position that the Port game plan put him in. That's where I – yeah. And that's where I think Port will change it a little bit. And it might be to a detriment to their ball movement forward a little bit, but it will just be – I, and I, don't, I don't think they'll go away too much from what they play, but I think they'll just protect Clurie's position a little bit more because they, they really did try to make a... St- I think they tried to make a statement against Geelong in that game and it fucked up terribly. Nah. <laughs> you've, got, you've got to change it. Do not yeah. play Clurie on... You've got to play Jonas on Hawkins, mm-hmm. um, one of the best defenders against one of the best uh, goal kickers. Yeah. I think, you gotta, I think it's going to be pretty even elsewhere. Um, and... That could be where the games might have lost because mm. I mean, um, poor what they've got, Charlie Dixon. They've got a few other good goal kickers, but Geelong also have a few good defenders. I think you've got to go, Jonas on Hawkins. I saw something today about 
Trent McKenzie on Hawkins and it's like, no, no, can't do that. No, I like McKenzie as a player, but you're not playing him as a key defender. Mm-hmm. He's better as a third key, just going bang with his rocket left. Um, Trent McBruzzi. Um, no, I think Port win and make it through to the um, qualifying, no, prelim final, sorry, mm. in the qualifying. Where it goes from there, who knows. But Port win tomorrow against Geelong, calling it. And I think it'll probably be the biggest margin out of the finals. Yeah. I I'd think it'll be 30 points at least. Yeah, I'd be very happy with that. And I think... um. I wouldn't be happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I reckon it's going to be the easiest win of the lot. Yeah. Um, I think there's a there's another thing. that I mean, besides, like, the, the big storyline out of that game earlier in the year was um, the def- the defensive thing with um, Hawkins just having a having a day out. And um, he, he really took the lead in the common mental that day and didn't look back after that. Um, I think he had another pretty big game the next week, possibly. But, um, yeah, I think the, the thing... Poor at the time where there was a little, the little bit of the stuff about their Charlie Dixon or bust. Um, the the weeks since, I think they've kind of worked on their structure a little bit more. And um, certainly the last few weeks of the season, Port, we've gotten a lot more goals from um, both our midfielders as well as just um, other, you know, small forwards. And, um, you know, Todd Marshall's uh, been a little bit maligned at times this year because he hasn't had the impact, you know, he's that bit. But there's a lot of things that he does just in being his size and presence, and he's a decent marking forward as well, um, even if not being uh, exactly able to use his body the way we want to yet because he's still just developing as a player. But just Marshall's presence in the forward line presents an, a problem for opposition defenders, and that wasn't there in that game. And, um, you know, Dixon was very much the focal point. I just think Port's forward structure has developed a little bit since then, so that'll be a new problem for Geelong to deal with. Um, which will in turn um, open up some space for Charlie a little bit. He'll certainly be Charlie's just been one of those players that's been two or three players on him at any one time um, this year, which has been a credit to him to still finish second in the Coleman. Um, but he's uh, there is a little bit more struck. There is a little bit more flexibility to Port's um, ability to kick goals that developed over the last month of the season than that wasn't there in that game against Geelong earlier in the year, and that'll be in that'll. I think that'll be what's the difference. Um, both and then Port also having the the um, obviously the tape to have watched over the last couple of weeks as to how to not do defence as they did last time. I think those two key factors are them. They've gotten better with their forward line, um, and they've also yeah just gotten better at um, they they will learn from the mistakes they made in that game. And I just think that's I just don't think Geelong will have the same amount of changes they can make to what they do because I think they played. I think Geelong played one of their best games of footy that they have all year against Port in that game, and I don't know how much better they can be than that, you know. So um, I'll be scared if they can be better. <laughs> I just think, and then you you mentioned it as well, the home ground advantage as well is um a big key. Um, yeah, when if you get in anywhere, if you get the atmosphere we got against Richmond, which was only ten thousand people, and we're getting twenty three thousand in the building tomorrow, so. That's a key factor in a year that Geelong won't be exactly used to having to deal with that kind of ferocious opposition crowd. Um, that'll be a real change for them. Um, Twenty three thousand Port fans. There'll be I don't know how many Geelong fans will be in this, but I'm sure they've got their supporter base in Adelaide. But it'll be. I'll be there. <laughs> 
it'll be um it'll be a very very much a twenty thousand plus sport fans in the building um at seven o'clock um there'll be a few beers drunk beforehand um there's a there's a uh, podcast listener that's a Liverpool podcast um which the inspiration for the Albert's rap came from with the Anfield rap um they talk about how the later the game is the better the more ale drinking hours you've had. And the better the better the voice is because they they always talk about twelve twelve o'clock kickoffs of Liverpool suck because everyone's only had a chance for a couple of beers. I had about five beers before my twelve o'clock Liverpool kickoff. I made sure I got as many in as I could, but you still just don't have enough time. But whereas you, you get a nighttime kickoff in soccer, it's um the crowd is nuts because people have had Chesky here. <laughs> um, and I think it'll be the same, even though it's a Thursday night, which for Aussie rules, you know, Thursday night footy isn't always a big thing, but. Um, with Port having their first qual- home qualifying final in um, well over a decade uh, since that West Coast one back in 2007. Um, it, it's a huge, huge night for Port fans and um, everyone. And those tickets sold. They they sold 10,000 of their allotment within the first, like I think, hour uh, or 10 minutes of... Uh, uh oh, geez. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Um, yeah, the Port sold 10,000 of their first um, their tickets within minutes of uh, putting them on sale. So you just see how much the demand was there for uh, getting a ticket for the game, which is um, just shows how, I think, boisterous the fans will be because if you've got that kind of energy behind getting the ticket, um, that home crowd advantage might be worth a kick or two. And, yeah, you might be right as far as you go. Once once you put all that together, that margin, margin of victory, I'll be very happy with. So Yeah, absolutely. And that's where... Yeah, I'm tipping Port to, yeah, win by four to five goals tomorrow, unless Geelong get on top early. But I think, yeah, Port win by four to five goals. Um, but then from there, I think, can you just flish, flish flack, flack to the, um, what you had there? I reckon, so I said Brisbane win, which means I think Saint. Bulldogs, West Coast, Collingwood. Oh, fuck. I did, I did do a bit of maths in my head earlier, but now I'm looking at it, I can't remember. Uh, whoever wins out of Saints, Bulldogs will lose. Whoever wins out of West Coast, Collingwood will lose against whoever wins out of Brisbane, Richmond, Port, Geelong. So I'm saying it's going to be Port, Richmond and Brisbane, Geelong in the prelim finals. Mm. So I'm saying it's Port Richmond in the prelim. Unfortunately for you, I'll say, and uh, better of both, I don't know what the saying is, best of both, uh, just both shit. I reckon um, Richmond beat Port in the prelim, unfortunately. (laughs) That's my thoughts. Mm -hmm. Just because, I don't know, Richmond just uh, lately find a way. And then Brisbane Geelong, I think I said Brisbane win because it's at the Gabba in terms of my finals previews. Mm. And then I reckon Richmond win just because Richmond have experience and I hate myself (laughs) and I hate Richmond. But that's probably just more about me hating Richmond and thinking they'll win. But, yeah, I don't know. Paul are very good this year. They deserve to win it. I just hope they don't. And I've just given my final preview in that conversation, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously my my heart 
preview is that Port go through and win it. And I genuinely actually believe they're good enough to go through and win it. So absolutely uh, they um, are. But yeah. I just think Richmond, unfortunately, they're dicks. Yeah, well that's um that's uh Sam at work, um one of the guys that works at the bowling. He's um he his his idea and I, I liked what he said. He's he's just like I hope what what is he hoped Rich Richmond win tomorrow night again. Oh, sorry, on Friday night against Brisbane because he wants he doesn't want to face Richmond till the grand final. Is his thoughts because if if we get Brisbane to Port Adelaide to Adelaide Oval, he thinks that's a and I was like that's probably a fair enough way of looking at it. Um, that might be you know if you can get Brisbane to Adelaide Oval, I think will probably be a a win over getting Richmond at Adelaide Oval, I think. And look, the, the final was against a very good team. So you can say all these things and then it can fucking blow up against you anyway. So, um, yeah, look, I think the big thing is Port getting through tomorrow night first. Um, coming up on the big stage in a qualifying final against a team like Geelong with their history of winning finals in the last 15 years, um, it's a big test for Port to show what they've got. Um, and they've got the home ground advantage to be able to do that. So let's hope they can do that. So for me, <laughs> um, well, yeah, yeah, like you say, you just got to win. That's the thing. Yeah. No matter the odds, you just got to win. Yeah. I think Port at home, as a Crows fan, the most worrying thing is that you are at home. Mm. Um, maybe that's where my doubts come in that I chuck. Well, Richmond, I know against you guys at Adelaide Oval, if they are actually good. I just th- I just think Richmond will find a way, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's what happens um, with premiership experience, isn't it? Yeah. But the thing is, Adelaide are huge for both Crows and Port. Um, normally, when they're good, which Port are good this year, and Port are very good at home. Mm. So, they win tomorrow night in a prelim final. Makes it very easy to go through to a grand final. And then grand finals, if they don't come up against Brisbane... Port don't lose the grand final at all unless they play Brisbane. That's I, an interesting I take. Yeah, yeah. I reckon. Oh, I mean, they. Fuck, that sounds dumb. But they still could lose playing anyone else. But if they play Brisbane in the grand final at Brisbane, they'll lose. If they play Geelong there, it's fifty-fifty. Yeah, I don't, I I'm actually intrigued by the idea of playing Brisbane at the home ground in the grand final because that pressure on Brisbane would be immense. It would be an interesting dynamic to play against because Port would go in there going, if you play at Brisbane in the grand final at the Gabba, you'd, you'd be like, we're underdogs. Cool. Let's go out there and show them what we've got. Like, cause Which the Crows thought that in 2017. Yeah, but there's a different city. dynamic to it. It's the fact that... It's just Brisbane's... Yeah. It's just the fact that, you know, and we say that thing about Melbourne teams in, at the MCG every year, but we also know that every team knows, every, you know, five, you know, if a kid's 14 and he's planning to play AFL in five years, he's like, if I play in a grand final, it's going to be MCG. About, what is it, a month ago that we found out finally, that you know, like, it's such a crazy year that you've suddenly found out that you've got a home grand final. The one time that it's not like... A team like Richmond goes, oh, fuck, if we don't make it this year, we'll be playing a home grand final next year or the year after or until 2058 at the moment with the, the deal. Brisbane has one chance to win a grand final in Queensland ever. Unless there's, you know, pan- more pandemics aside. Um, this is their chance. So that kind of pre- – there's a unique kind of pressure. And I'm not saying that's going to make an effect that might actually help them. You just never know, and you never know the story. Yeah, you never, you never, you never know the story until it's written. It's you know, 
um, the amount of teams in the past that have, you know, that have faltered when they've been expected to win is, is, is hey, we played Elizabeth at Elizabeth last year and Aleather and they came over by five points, you know, it's yeah. just a win's a win, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Footy's footy. So footy's yeah. footy. <laughs> Get in there, lay the bumps, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> it is a unique year, so it's really fun for that. So yeah. Oh, good pod, Matt. It's been anything else you got to say or uh, Crows undefeated 2021. Okay, good luck. Calling it there. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, well, there will be, be a couple of showdown losses there. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah thank, thanks for this, Dave. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing it like this. He's going to be so pissed. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he'll, be, he'll be pissed while he's... I'm so drunk. <laughs> I, had, I had a million vodka sodas. At the bar. And my bobbleheads. <laughs> oh, my bob. He's looking at me. Go, Cubs. <laughs> Cubs are winning. <laughs> Fuck me. There's so much more cyberbullying for Shay, and I'm so sorry, but I'm not at the same time. Go, Crows. <laughs> I would wrap out. <laughs>